Let me introduce myself. I'm Nicole Baker. I love Jesus. Stories, music, coffee, photography, and babies. Here in British Columbia, we are smack dab in the middle of winter, and my heart is anticipating spring. Recently, while taking some pictures, I said to my husband, it's all about the light. What I meant was, in order to capture the picture the way I wanted, the light had to be just perfect. Here, in this little valley, our home is tucked up close to a mountain. From November to February, it's pretty gray up here. And the sun doesn't often show up. Recently, the world has walked through a time where it seems pretty gray, pretty dark. But the Son of God, S-O-N, is always with us. The season the world is currently walking through, it seems that the light has almost gone out. But the challenge for Christians is where are we looking? There are times in the Bible where we are reminded that this life of faith is a journey, even a race. We won't get very far if we keep looking back. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about this. Do you not know, he says, that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. So run in a way As to get the prize, look ahead. Everyone who competes in the race gets a prize. But you must go into strict training. In the natural, they run a race to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. I have been working really hard to renew my mind, to develop more perseverance. 
and a personal commitment to go the distance with God. I have to tell you, this has not been easy. It's a challenge. I'm not an athlete, but I want to keep my spiritual muscles strong and in shape. I don't want to be weak in my faith or weak in my knowledge of the Word of God. I want to run my race and finish strong. I'm sure the psalmist was feeling this way. When he penned verse 2 of Psalm 61. From the ends of the earth I call to you, O God. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I have searched the scriptures for examples of those who persevered. Hannah was one such woman. I'm going to read to you from chapter 3 of a book by Susie Larson entitled, Your Powerful Prayers. I encourage you to pick up a copy of this book. It is beautifully written and jam-packed with God's Word. In 1 Samuel, we read about Hannah. Her story takes place during the period of Judges. The Israelites found themselves in a bad situation because they lacked godly leadership. Political corruption and immorality were rampant. The people were desperate for God to intervene. Hannah's husband loved her, but she was barren. So he married a second wife. Her name was Penny. His second wife gave him children. Hannah was barren. Penny was fertile. Hannah loved God and longed for children. But her arms were empty and her heart broken. So what does Hannah do? She pulls herself together, slips away quietly, and enters the sanctuary. There, Hannah cries out to God in anguish. God invites us to do the same. In due time, Hannah becomes pregnant. She actually feels the flutter in her womb. Imagine, at this point, What she doesn't yet realize is that her own heartbreak mirrored a greater desire in God's heart. Her heartbreak, my heartbreak, and your heartbreak, they are meant to inspire passionate prayer in us and through us Because God is working all things together for our good and for His purposes. God invites us to lift our chins, to look to Him, 
and seek the greater purpose in our pain. Do you know why? Because we can be absolutely assured that God has a greater purpose that we can even know. For Hannah, she gave birth to Samuel, who became one of the greatest prophets in the Bible. In the middle of our wilderness seasons, we must remember there are things God is doing behind the scenes that are important, even if we can't see anything happening. God is nearer than we think. I know this is hard to believe when our hearts are breaking. I am speaking for myself. I have areas in my life that I have cried out to God and continued to. The enemy of my soul wants me to feel like things will never change. He wants me to forget who I belong to. That is why you will see me post pictures of crowns on my website. It is a visual reminder for me that I am an heir of God and that I have access to the courts of heaven and an audience with the King of Kings when I pray. The devil doesn't mind me even being religious, you see, because religion has no power, only a life surrendered to God. To Christ, seeking to rely on Him has power. To be yoked to Christ makes the devil tremble. Religious activity keeps us in the smaller story, focusing on our own efforts, our own righteousness. Apart from Christ, This is all so futile. Jesus is our treasure. That doesn't mean we're to be slack or lazy, but activity alone, apart from the enabling power of the Holy Spirit, is just busyness. The fact that I worship a patient and long-suffering God gives me hope. The Lord keeps his promises, even when the wait is long. Maybe you feel like Hannah, desperate, ridiculed, maybe even mocked. Hannah was mocked by her husband's wife. It was bad enough to be barren, but then to be further tormented by a woman who gave birth to sons by her very own husband. It's like the enemy of her soul was pouring salt into an already open wound. She spilled out her grief to God in prayer, and God answered her. 
Jesus also felt rejected and misunderstood. In the 54th chapter of Isaiah, Isaiah says, Jesus grew up like a tender plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected, forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and pains. Men hid their face from him. They did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. He was chastised for our peace and well-being. When Jesus' life was coming to an end, he was met with hostility more and more. He knew that what was coming was a brutal death on the cross. In the book of Hebrews, we are reminded that we should not lose hope because we have not yet suffered unto death. And we are encouraged to throw off the weight that entangles us and run our race. With our eyes fixed on Jesus, our faith depends from start to finish on Jesus, who endured the cross, turning disgrace into light. Think on him, who submitted to opposition so you don't grow weary. For in your struggles, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. And remember Jesus, who makes intercession for us at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is the true king of the universe. He willingly set aside status and gave up his life for the people he loved so dearly. He chose the way of the cross, dying with a crown of thorns on his head. Are we willing to set aside our own ideas on how things should look, how they should turn out? Even when you feel the sting of disappointment. You know, you don't have to live very long on this earth to have been hurt. Especially where relationships are concerned. Broken promises are very painful. I'm a wear your heart on your sleeve kind of gal. And I don't play games. I love deeply, but I also feel hurt deeply. 
I can't do it any other way. Trust me, I've tried. To be reserved is a great act of self-control for me. And I continue to need help from the Holy Spirit in this area of my life. It is a great comfort to me to know that I can go to God with my weaknesses and my hurts, my disappointments and my struggles. I'm a redhead. People often assume that we're stubborn and hot-tempered. Before Christ came into my life, that may have been the case. But now, not so much. When, as a young woman, I made the decision to be water baptized, during a pre-baptism meeting with my pastor at that time, he asked me this question. What would people closest to you say has been the biggest change since you came to Christ? My answer surprised him. I said, I don't throw pots, pans, or cats anymore. We both laughed so hard. It was hard for him to continue the interview on a serious note after that. Just a side note. I've never thrown a cat in a fit of temper. All kidding aside, I have regret over my early years as a mom. My sons witnessed me throwing more than one pot. But by God's grace, they have forgiven me. As Christ followers, our actions matter much. We preach the gospel by our lives more than by words. Our actions should mirror Jesus. We will waver, fall short, but we get up, ask forgiveness from others, and keep on going. We waver. God does not. His promises do not return void. 2 Corinthians Chapter 1, verse 20 tells us, All God's promises are yes and amen. There is nothing in God's nature that is unreliable. In a world that continues to shake, we can know for certain that God is faithful and His promises are find their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. One of the Old Testament characters that I love is Moses. Read Exodus chapter 32, 33, and 34. It is amazing. When Moses heard the promise... He had spent 40 days on Mount Sinai. 
His relationship with God was nothing short of remarkable. Scripture tells us, The Lord talked with Moses face to face, as a man speaks to a friend. Scripture also tells us that Moses was the most humble man in the Bible. But this did not stop him from being bold with God. His success only came when God's presence was with him. It was manifested clearly. And God's voice guided him clearly. Even when the Lord's directions defied human logic, Moses knew, without God's Spirit, his mission could not happen with any lasting success. The same is true of you and me. Without God's Spirit on us and working through us, it's just human effort. Without the Holy Spirit, there will be no lasting change, no impact. In the 16th chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus tells his disciples, that although he is leaving, his presence in the form of the Holy Spirit would remain, would guide them. We are still today recipients of that promise. I am convinced that our desperation for God's presence and friendship is a prerequisite for his manifest presence in our lives. On that note, I will end today. Let us keep our eyes on Jesus. And remember that no matter how difficult the journey is, Jesus will never forsake us. He fights for you. He can and will do wonders on your behalf. He paid a high cost for you. And He is worth following. Be blessed and encouraged. And join me next time on the King's Court Podcast.